0: And welcome back to Sports with the Z. I'm the Z, your host, Zach Naidu. Uh, here uh two weeks after my last show, uh trying to get back on the weekly we grind. But uh as we all know, stuff pops up, schedules pop up. Uh my good friend andre Reddy joining me once again to talk Cincinnati Bengals once again. The first time we've covered the same team twice. Andvit thanks so much for joining again. How are you doing? Well, I'm I guess I could kind of know how you're doing, but aside from the outcome today, how, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I mean, my, my Sunday is definitely ruined, uh, unfortunately. But other than that, I'm doing well. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster of a start to the season, definitely a fun one. So um has, has kept me on my toes, and, and it's been very exciting. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm do, doing well. How about you?
0: Uh, Not bad. You know, Um, I mean, it's no secret you're a bigger Bengals fan than I am Cowboys fan, but uh, the Cowboys weren't too hot today either. So, you know, uh, not not a great day to be a Dallas or Cincinnati football fan, but uh, appreciate you coming on today. Uh, We're going to talk some Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, the presumptive uh, last place finisher for the AFC North come into the season and, and two weeks ago where the division leaders at five and two and all of a sudden two weird weeks a bad loss to the, to the Jets and arguably a worse loss to the Browns uh today just wasn't really competitive. Wasn't really close. Um, you know, the title of, of the episode is the Bengals are good. And I don't, I still don't think that's inaccurate, but maybe not, uh, not as robust as it was even, even ten hours ago. So I'm re- looking forward to talking some Bengals with you today and and just kind of recapping the first really half of your season. Um, but I want to start with some some more uh, recent NFL news. Uh, you know the, the development with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and the whole vaccination uh, or co- his him testing positive for covid and really shocking the football community um why don't we start there uh, how, how does that sound yeah sounds like a plan let's do it yeah so so just to uh, give everybody a recap aaron Rodgers uh tested positive for covid19 earlier this week um which in and of itself wasn't a huge deal Devonte adams the Packers star wide receiver missed last week's game because he had covid Um, players this year have missed games, uh, due to COVID, uh, unlike last year, it's not as big of a scare. The difference is it came out that Aaron Rodgers has not received the vaccine, uh, COVID-19 vaccine, which is unique for most NFL players. Devontae Adams, when he missed the previous game against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, he had COVID, but he was vaccinated. Um, and there was a mixed bag of reaction. And I kind of want to dive into it a little bit. I don't want to spend the whole podcast, but I think um, it's a very uh, insightful mind in general, especially sports mind. And just to kind of recap what what the backlash has been, um, I think Aaron Rodgers had uh, presented himself as someone who was vaccinated. And I think, I mean, I personally thought he was vaccinated. Uh, just because it was pretty well known who was not uh, the players who were not vaccinated, like Kirk Cousins, like Cam Newton, because when they were asked if they were vaccinated, they said uh, it's a personal choice. Um, and it, that's pretty clear, given what the typical backlash is for not being vaccinated, what what the answer, what the answer is. Um, but Aaron Rodgers in the preseason, when he was asked, he said he was immunized. Um, and now. You know, ESPN was all over at the end of last week saying he lied to people. And, you know, he then went on the Pat McAfee show uh, talking about his decision for doing that or the thinking behind it. Uh, A big part of it was he's allergic to some of the ingredients in the mRNA vaccines. And then around around the time he had to make the decision, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was recalled. Uh, He also talked to Joe Rogan and has uh, taken ivermectin. Uh, among a couple other things, uh, which was a very hot topic uh about a month or so ago but that that 's kind of the backstory um, I mean I just want to start with with your initial thoughts um, like what do you make of the whole situation, and like, how surprised were you about all of this you know after hearing everything yeah, definitely you know i think it's it 's kind of funny
1: because just with the packers in general it 's uh, It's such a weird year in that, you know, Rodgers and and Adams, their whole, uh, you know, last dance and and, and insinuating that this is going to be their last year with the Packers. Um, You know, I think that kind of even just going back to free agency and that whole saga of where whether Rodgers would come back to the team or not. um, It feels like it kind of starts there because um, it seems like Rodgers has. Put forth a bunch of stipulations, or did put forth a bunch of stipulations about how he wants to approach this year and um, you know feels like he really has green Bay's uh, management and uh, coaching staff uh, in a in a stuck between a rock and a hard place, and that um, he has a lot of leverage over them, so I think you know going thinking back to that as a setup um, it's it's when you think about the the whole scenario and saga that's played out um, you feel like you know maybe people were quite a little bit afraid to tell rodgers like hey and or put specific restrictions around him and and have him actually follow some of the unvaccinated protocol and um uh, you know i've i've been reading recently or i saw recently that um quite questions have come out about how uh, he had attended the uh the packers halloween party as as john wick <laughs> and, uh, there are a bunch of photos of that um all across social media and uh, and I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, he shouldn't have been able to attend that uh, mask list given that he was unvaccinated. So, um, you know, I think it's it's a weird spot because, um, you know, I think that probably hints at maybe he hadn't been following all the unvaccinated protocols that he should have been. But at the same time, he's he's the franchise's star quarterback, uh, it, already in a weird uh, contract negotiation phase. And it I feels like almost you know, no one on the coaching staff or no one in management really, um, knows how to act around him and doesn't want to, and feels like they're walking a thin line. So you think that maybe that that could have played into how, uh, you know, him being able to, uh, or him deciding not to get vaccinated in the first place and now also being able to avoid some of the,
0: uh, restrictions that have been placed on some of the unvaccinated individuals. Yeah. Uh, I think those are all good points. I really, I wasn't thinking about that Halloween party. Um, and, and, you know, that really brings me to the two different schools of thought or way to approach this situation. One, there's there's just the base decision for Aaron Rodgers not to get vaccinated. I think that's one discussion in and of itself. Uh, and then the other and what I think is the more controversial or the more nuanced one is how the situation was handled. And that's like, honestly, the bigger gray area. It is at least at least when he went on the Pat McAfee show, he said he had been held to all of the standards or, or the, the protocols of an unvaccinated player in that every morning you have to get tested and sit in your car for 30 minutes. And he contrasted that with uh, vaccinated people who just get tested and can go right in the facility. And he talked about one player who got tested because they were, he was vaccinated, went right to the facility, and the test was positive after the person had been eating breakfast with a bunch of people. Um, And it it felt like almost on that Pat McAfee show, he was just trying to point out the hypocrisy. But uh, that said, I I think it's tough to figure out, you know, what is true and what's not just from the way information is being presented, because he at least has presented it as if, He was vac. He he was unvaccinated. Everybody knew about it and he was treated as such. And it was just, you know, a really well kept secret by the Packers organization, but that's all it was. It wasn't a deviation from any of the protocols. You introduced the stuff like the Halloween party, um, which I, 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 as I said, I wasn't thinking about. And I think that makes it a a little bigger of a gray area. Um, Personally, I, you know, it's obviously his choice to get vaccinated, um or not. Uh, he did say he was allergic to the mRNA vaccine mm-hmm. and I think that's like there's a lot of reasons people don't get vaccinated and, and that, you know, scientifically is I think one of the more I think uh understandable ones. But uh I don't know if Aaron Rogers is just playing this game with people or if like he genuinely means all this. I mean I mean w- like what do you think about that?
1: yeah i mean I, he he's a smart guy i mean i, I think everyone knows how how uh, he's a, he's a smart guy in the field he's a smart guy off the field um it, it feels like you know at least my first take was you know when he when he was asked the question i think directly are you are you vaccinated his words are yeah i'm immunized you know when <laughs> and you know maybe he wasn't really thinking when he said that but you know by by answering in the inf- affirmative um uh, I, I think that led a lot of people and I like think everyone not everyone outside of the Packers organization to think that he was in fact vaccinated. So, you know, it, it's it's a weird situation where, you know, I think all of the media assumed that he was vaccinated because of that incident. And so, you know, when he had been in the public light, uh, whether it be in a locker room or, or taking interviews or anything like that, um, it probably helped in that the media wasn't too um, wasn't too scrutinizing towards his behavior, whether he was actually following the protocols of unvaccinated people. So it felt like he was probably able to sort of fly under the radar there. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because uh, who knows, maybe he just genuinely wasn't really thinking in the moment and uh, didn't want to, it didn't mean, or didn't mean to mislead people by answering in, in the affirmative, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's sad that that one uh, word slip kind of uh, led people to, uh, believe that he actually was, you know, if he didn't say, yeah, and just said I'm immunized then maybe people could piece things together and think, okay, maybe he, he isn't vaccinated. He kind of dodged the question, but, um, you know, I think that, that one, affer- one word affirmative kind of led people to, um, to assume that he was and, and probably let the public eye, um, down, or at least their scrutiny down when, when it came to paying attention to how he's acting in the protocols. That he yeah. Um,
0: you know, I, I I can't really think we could have a whole forty five minute podcast about this. I think while so one, I think the people he owed it to, to uh, to share about the podcast or not sorry not about the podcast uh, to share about his status um, was his players and teammates. By the way, I'm bit, are you able to hear me? All right, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. okay perfect um so it sounds like the people who needed to know and deserve to know did know it sounds like his teammates knew and the front office knew and the nfl knew and i mm-hmm. think it all factored into like that's maybe why it wasn't as big of a deal um you know within the packers locker room after the fact because everybody knew i personally don't think like the media needs to know everything uh and so i think that's where the gray mm-hmm. area comes um and it's uh, it's a tricky situation because you know there he it sounds like there's sound reasoning behind why he didn't get it. At the same time, I think people are just upset because they felt lied to, and so that's where the bigger gray area comes in. Right. Right. Exactly, and
1: and I think the. The question now is, like you said, he, Rogers has said or came out on the uh, McAfee show and said that he has been following protocols. So uh, I know that the I saw some news saying the NFL is investigating that now. So um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how that sort of shakes out. If uh, um, you know, if the NFL knew that he was unvaccinated and was still um, you know, and they end up finding him for not following protocols, like <laughs> feels like they were kind of waiting for news to break while also knowing that he wasn't uh, wasn't properly following the rest of the guidelines for, for
0: other unvaccinated people. So, I mean, it's a bad situation all around, right? Like, um, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, There's no positives to this. Like, yeah, I, I think that's a really fair, uh, assessment. Uh, you know, I think we've talked uh, enough about this, but let's, let's take, we, you know, we got VJ in the car queue, so let's take his call and, the, and then we'll move on to the Bengals. But, uh, sure. Yes. I'm all right, BJ, what you got?
2: Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, like, Aaron Rodgers throughout, like, the reason he feels kind of disrespected, or at least what he said, he doesn't have, like, enough kind of – he doesn't have enough respect or he doesn't have enough power in the organization. And to have that power, you also have responsibilities that you need to be there for your team in important games like this. Because if Aaron Rodgers is in this game, they win very, very easily. Like, the Chiefs played horrible and – the yep. Packers defense really s- stepped up, so I, I think it also speaks to the fact that he needs to, he needs if he wants to have that role where he has, has that power as a player, uh, he has to be reliable and has to be there and just, like if this is a problem going down the road, just in general, I I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I, yeah. V- Vijay, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I think once again, that's, you know, that's the, that's the whole, the duality of the subject that, you know, the object, like the, the vaccination status purely in and of itself versus the nuances of the whole situation, what happened, you know, by his decision to not get vaccinated. Um, if, unless Aaron Rodgers is lying Like he chose to not get vaccinated for his best, what he thought was in his best interest after talking to his doctors, and I don't think he can be faulted for that. Uh, That said, I mean you're right; he's he loses credibility as you know being available for his team, but I think this is also it's chicken or the egg. Like maybe he felt you know the audacity to not audacity, but he felt he had license to do that because he frankly has been so disrespected by the Packers the, the past decade. And he wanted the head coach, Mike McCarthy, fired for like the last five years. So, uh, no, I think that's a really good point, Vijay. Uh, Anvid, do you have anything to add about that? Yeah, I mean, not not
1: too much. I think you're right in that it, it'll be important to see how uh, how the locker room sort of responds. I know that Aaron Jones came out and said that, you know, he it doesn't reflect on Rogers', uh leadership status or anything like that. So, I mean, I think early – early indications that it should be okay but also you know that could just be Jones trying to put on a, a strong face for for the rest of his teammates but you know i think when it comes kind of like what i was talking about at the at the beginning of the um of the subject you know this this very well very well maybe rodgers last year so in in green bay so maybe he really doesn't uh doesn't really care for for maintaining that that leadership role in the locker room and will be happy to uh, to say sayonara and head off to his new team next year, so it'll be it'll definitely I think add some intrigue for um, for the off season once uh, once the season is over and maybe could be a could be a deciding factor in what Rodgers ends up doing when it comes to.
0: No, that's th- those are all really good points. Um, I know this is this was not on the topic of the Bengals, but I, I do think uh, it was something uh, worth discussing. Something kind of interesting. Um, really, I think the most interesting COVID situation we've had so far this year. Uh, just, I think he duped a lot of people, and and there's people reacting to to his 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 uh, misleading of the team versus just him uh, being unvaccinated. That said, let's let's uh, transition to the team. Anvit is the expert at, uh, expert on, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Anvit, I'm just gonna just candidly what's happened the last two weeks the Bengals, you know we thought they were gonna be last place in the division pretty easily if i told you three months ago hey you're gonna be five and four with a win over the ravens um by by week nine I'm, you'd be pretty happy but but i think maybe it's the way you've arrived here that you're kind of uh mixed about it. Is, is that a fair assessment oh yeah
1: oh yeah i mean like at 5 and 2 after the Ravens win it felt like we were on top of the world we were on top of the AFC um you know it's it's really sad to be going into the bye week like this um you know i think uh i think the way that people approached the season was um, a sort of measured optimism um and once once we had beaten the Ravens it that that optimism had just kind of uh, been completely blown off the the lid was blown off and I think the entire fan base was incredibly excited, very energized, you know, had almost probably um, taken the Jets for granted as well with their, with the backup quarterback playing, um, you know, thinking about how the last two weeks have gone, honestly, you know, I, I, I props to the Jets, you know, they came in and absolutely tore apart the, our defense, you know, our offense was, was decent on the day. Um, they missed some red zone opportunities and, and Burrow got uh, picked on a really good play by uh by the jets defensive and in, in in the fourth quarter that turned the tide, but um you know i think uh, I think the really the, the big disappointment today was uh, um, was both on the the defensive and offensive collapse you know um Jamar can really get going today Burrow had uh one of his uh, probably his second worst game of the year um you know it's tough it's tough, like you said i think I, if you tell me at the beginning of the year that we're going to be five and four heading into the bye week um I, I'd be ex- very excited, um having a winning record in the division as well um but you know it's it's i think you know I'd urge the fan base and also urge myself to be uh you know just to remember again this is Burroughs hardly his second year of playing, probably his, he just finished his twentieth or twenty first game uh in the n f l and he has so much left to learn and you know that that means that we're still going to see some growing pains throughout the rest of the, this year and um you know think back to, to the original uh, the first podcast that we did. Um, I, I kind of laid out that I just wanted to see growth from burrow and I think we've seen that in spades so far. So it's hard to, you know, take a step back and, and think positively, but, you know, so far all the data points considered um, I, I think it's a, it's been a a good ride and it's been, um, you know, exciting. All, all things considered, uh, you know, putting aside the last
0: two. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... To that point about, you know, when we initially uh, podcasted about the Bengals, there there are a few things we were watching for, you know, Joe Burrow's development, the coaching of Zach Taylor, uh, the skill position players, specifically Joe Mixon. Um, a big point of discussion we had was actually Jamar Chase um, and the decision to draft Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's teammate from LSU, with the fifth overall pick instead of Penny Sewell, who was uh, the unanimous, you know, top lineman. In the draft and, and the Bengals' uh, glaring need at offensive line, it seemed like a no-brainer. But the Bengals chose to go with arguably the flashier pick and the Joe Burrows' favorite co- collegiate target. And your argument, uh, and, and you were pretty confident in it in the offseason, was the Bengals remember how much of a game-changer A.J. Green was for a, almost a decade in Cincinnati. And going back to Chad Ochocinco, before that, they, they've had stability at the wide receiver one position and they really wanted that. And they felt Jamar was that big of a talent that he was worth taking over the bigger offensive need uh, because you already had Tyler Boyd there. You had T Higgins. Um, and so it wasn't a bad wide receiver court. Uh, that said you took Jamar and uh, coming into the debate in, coming into today sorry uh that you were you were 100 percent right and the Bengals were right jamar chase uh, was third in reception yards per game uh tied for fourth in receiving touchdowns and 27th in receptions which i think just shows how explosive he's been um i think it's safe to say you've been pretty happy with with how that all played out oh yeah um ha- happy's an understatement i think uh you know funny funnily enough the uh
1: the Bengals, of course, have gotten a lot of flack in the in the 21st century for being behind the eight ball, uh, being you know having an owner who's uh, who's a, who's a cheapskate and doesn't like to invest in in the uh, the organization. But I think drafting the wide receiver and and knowing the value of a true alpha number one wide receiver is actually a pretty analytically sound uh, decision making. You know, if you go back and look at some um, like wins over replacement metrics. Uh, having a dominant wide receiver is way more valuable than having a dominant left tackle. And I think that just comes down to the fact that, you know, you can be an amazing left tackle in a race, uh, uh, whatever defensive end that you're uh, facing for the, for the week, but uh, your offensive line can still be quite poor because, you know, you you have to have five, at least average pieces on that line. Otherwise, you know, if you have a weak link, that weak link is going to get exploited quite often. So, um, you know, it was pretty, pretty, you know props to the organization for for uh, for closing out the noise and the criticism of uh, of that the media was clearly shoveling onto them and, and I think making the right choice and um, you know so far Chase has exceeded all expectations he's been explosive uh, he's made he's you know completely transformed Burrow's game and Burrow I think on Uh, a bunch of metrics his deep passing game which is a huge weakness last year has completely been vaulted into i think you could probably call him at least from the metrics wise a a top five deep passer from what he's shown um and a lot of that is because of chase because he's able to separate he has uh amazing acceleration at the point of the pass and um he's he's like i said just been all around probably at least a top 10 receiver so far this year you know and but still you know there are growing pains he dropped a couple balls today dropped a ball last week but um, you know he's he's still a rookie, so uh, you know overall, definitely I believe the right decision. Um, and I think uh, a lot of that comes down to the fact that Chase himself is just looking like a um, looking like a generational talent, at least for the first half of this year and first half.
0: No, thanks for all that. I mean, not tough to argue with any anything there. Uh, seems like that Joe Jamar connection. You're going to be locked into that for a minimum another. Six, seven years. Very similar to really how Andy Dalton and A.J. Green kind of came in together. But I think you could say this is probably a more lethal combination. Joe Burrow's more talented than Andy Dalton never was. And A.J. Green was phenomenal. So I think – I mean, just quick hitter, w- 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 like, sh- starting off, Jamar Chase or A.J. Green? Like, who who is, who is better starting off, would you say? Oh, man. That's tough because, like you said, I think the
1: uh, – bec- because Burrow is probably objectively a better – Talent than Dalton was, and Dalton was throwing the ball to uh, to AJ Green in his rookie year as well. So, you know, on a pure talent perspective, I think Green had better hands, um, and uh, because of his body size, he was a better contested catch um, athlete and wide receiver, which I think actually went really well with a, with a quarterback like Dalton, who was a little less uh, uh, a little less accurate, who was a little more erratic in his throws, but. Um, if you have someone with the accuracy that Burrow does, I think um, someone like Chase who can really separate at the point of attack um, can be really valuable. I think you know it's tough. I don't. I don't think you know. To be frank, I think Jamar's probably dropped more balls than AJ had at this point in their in their in their career. So um, from a pure hands perspective, you probably have to go with AJ. But um, you know, in terms of being able to separate uh, and and uh, really having a. a robust route tree I probably go jamar but um you know i think again like kind of like i said it just uh, it works out well in that aj was probably the better receiver for dalton and uh chase is a better receiver with uh
0: with burrow no that yeah thanks again i mean i you know i'm not here to argue with you about any bangle stuff so i, I think you're, you've been spot on with all these analyses uh it looks like bj uh has has something else he wants to add so i'm, I'm gonna call on him and, and we'll go from there BJ, you're on again.
2: Um, so from what I – like, it, are the Bengals good?
1: <laughs> Great question. That's what we're um, supposed to be talking about, yes. I guess. <laughs> um,
2: no, I don't think the Bengals are good. <laughs> I think, I think okay. they are slightly above average. Okay, I look at okay. their wins, and they have, like, two quality wins. Like one is very good, right? They beat okay. the Ravens, and then like the Vikings, I guess, are called you win. They don't like they.
0: I mean, I mean, they, they, you're forgetting their. Uh, they should have beaten the Packers. The... Like yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they really should... like. They should have they beaten should've... the Packers. You know, so I, I think and the it's
2: Cowboys like... should have beat the Buccaneers. Like
0: <laughs> DJ. BJ, this is not a Cowboys podcast. We're talking about the Bengals. So so we're not... Uh, the Cowboys also should have lost to the Chargers. They uh, they should have lost to the Patriots. And they should have lost to the Vikings. And then they lost to the Broncos. And they beat the Panthers by eight without Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, it, this, can, this can... So the, uh, bang,
2: the Bengals, like, hang around in a lot of games. But I, I think all the pieces are there. to I think Zach Taylor is the right coach. And I do... I do think Jamar Chase was a good good pick. I was stunned, honestly, when they first made it. Because, like you said, it was just like a perfect thing. Pene Sewell was right there, undisputed, number one offensive lineman in the country at that point. Um, but they took Jamar Chase, and I guess it worked. And he's like a, I think he's like a slightly slower version of what the Raiders thought Henry Ruggs were going to be. Like, someone who's...
0: But, but- <laughs> no 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 you're you're totally right with that i i was uh i i, I didn't mean to cut you off vj, VJ i just wanted to hear on response to you saying zach taylor is the right coach um on new I, I i do think what yeah,
2: what, what I,
0: no what, what makes you say that vj um I'm, I'm curious
2: um joe burrow's development as as a qb like Because, one, like you said, Joe Joe Burrow's deep ball has gotten tremendously better. I think he has much better decision-making, although he did have that terrible throw earlier today. But, like, as a whole, I think Joe Burrow has progressed a lot. Like, and he's showing things that I didn't really see in his rookie season at all.
0: Yes. All right. So, Anvit, like, I I don't think... You know, as far as Joe Burrow improvement, I mean, I don't think there's anything disputable there. But I think it's what do we attribute it to? And, and uh, what are your thoughts on it being Zach Taylor for his improvement?
2: And I obviously haven't watched as much Bengals as you have. No, so you no, probably no. noticed all these things, but.
0: No, 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 Beach. But, but you know, that's why we have Amit on here. Like we we have, we have our thoughts and, and we got to hear what the the team expert has to say. So Amit, uh, we'll, we'll turn it over to you. Yeah,
1: so I think on, on point one, um, like the point that you made about the are the Bengals good or not, you know, frankly, I still don't know. I think, uh, like you said, they're this is the first week that they're actually fully blown out, but they've been able, able to hang around in all their losses otherwise. And yeah, I think the, the big difference here is when you when you look at the wins and losses, maybe prior to today, you, you'd be thinking that they are a good team. But from a coaching staff perspective, I've honestly been pretty frustrated with uh with a few of the decisions that come into the actual game script and, and play calling throughout the course of the season. And, um, you know, I think there are games where, so Zach Taylor is a play caller for the Bengals. Um, And there are games where I think he's probably lost the game because of his play calling. And there, there are games where he's gotten lucked out as well because of his play calling. And, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating. I still don't know. I know he's a young coach, uh, but you know, frankly, he we probably should have won the Packers game if he had called a better game, and he really put us in a position to lose the uh, lose the Vikings game because of his play calling. So, um, you know, it's tough. I think I think the talent is there, um, at least on the offensive side. Um, I do think that the defense has been over over-perf- overperformed over the first half of the year, and I think all Bengals fans were shocked at how well they were playing, and you've kind of seen them start to come back to earth the last couple of se- couple of games, um, but. You know, as far as the coaching staff, I think the jury's still out. I think when we were sitting at five and two after a Ravens win, uh that was a big turning point for a lot of fans and being able to say, Okay, I'm I'm willing to get behind this coaching staff and seems like they've turned a corner, they're young, we wanted to bet that they could figure things out and after this Ravens win, it seems like they have uh, after these last two losses, it really feels like we're back to back to square one, unfortunately. Um and,
0: and, and, and I, I I will say you know the Jets' two wins this year have come to the against the Titans. Like b- before uh, last week, their other win was against the Titans, and mm-hmm. you know the, the Colts handled them pretty well. But they still scored thirty points against the Colts. So I honestly think Buffalo losing to Jacksonville is a more horrendous loss than you all losing to the Jets in a close game. Um, but no, obviously, like it, you, you don't want to be losing to a at the time, a one-win team, uh, a one-in-five team uh, when you lost to the Jets. Um, I want to, you know, in in the last few minutes here, I want to talk about the rest of the team we've talked about. I want to talk about the rest of the team and then, you know, your outlook for the rest of the season. Um, We talked about Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon from, you know, I think he's still the same player he's been since you've had him, but I guess he's just been healthier more consistently this year and, he's just getting the opportunities. So is is that fair to say? I wouldn't would you necessarily say he's better this year. Is it just, you know, health and perhaps just a more lethal passing game makes it easier for him to run the ball?
1: Yeah, I'd say the the big difference, I think talent-wise and skill set-wise, it's been the same. I think Mixon's been a great running back um, since we drafted him. The big difference is we brought in a, a new, not a new, but a, a former run game coordinator, uh, Frank Pollock, who was with the, with the Cowboys for a couple of years. And uh Mixon had his best season underneath him uh I think in 2018 he led the AFC in rushing and uh, I think he he left once uh, uh once Taylor became the head coach but we brought him back um so I think at least you know I don't know I'm not too deep into the schemes of, of or too deep into the uh run game schemes and how things are changing under Pollock but I think you know there's probably definitely some kind of correlation there where Joe had his best or Joe Mixon had his best season under Pollock and uh, now that uh, Frank's back, it, you're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence in the run game. It's um, you know still not where exactly I think you'd hope, but you like even, at least against uh, today, you did see some uh, uh, at least a little bit when when the offense was humming that uh, Mixon was able to take the pressure off.
0: Uh, off. No, that VJ did you have something you wanted to add?
2: Oh yeah, I just wanted to say like I think since that deep game really just wasn't there. Like last year Um, and I think the development of how you're gonna have to play more people back Like safeties are gonna have to drop Farther into coverage. You can't have as many people on the line. I think it just opens the game up like Zach said, I think Mixon has al always been like a Big talent who just hasn't really had the right system to thrive and I don't like you said I don't think he's even close to his potential
0: yeah, his, his his running game really packs a punch. Uh, uh, as as everybody knows about Joe Mixon, he really packs a punch. Um, but Anvit, uh, uh, looking forward uh, to the rest of the season. Um, how do you think? I mean, are you going to win the division? Are Are you going to stay at staying near the top? Like, wh- what do you expect? You're five and four. You know, there's 18 games this year. You're on pace to win 10 games. I'm sure. If you were told that at the start of the season, you'd be pretty happy. But, but what do you see the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, I think uh, – I do think the Steelers have been overperforming the last two or three weeks. Um, I, I probably expect them to finish at the bottom of the division. Um, you know, Roethlisberger has just been completely uh, – like just almost uh, almost – inconceivable how bad he's been and, and you know they've been managing to win despite him and trying to work around his uh, his weaknesses but uh it's, it's kind of sad to see the decline that's happened but um you know I know obviously they still have a strong defense um and, and they can win off the back of that and, and Najee Harris who seemed like he's turning a corner and becoming more of a passing game asset as well um but you know I'd have to guess that probably the Steelers would finish at the bottom of the division for the Bengals I think we'll probably be competitive for a wild card game um unfortunately, the team's still pretty young uh bro uh, as good of a deep passer he's become he's still showing um you know signs of uh that all or signs of uh weakness that plague all young quarterbacks uh, he's leading league league in interceptions right now probably could be chalked up to him uh wanting to force the ball and and making bad decisions when he uh when he shouldn't be forcing the ball in certain situations so uh, you know, I think it's still a young team. I personally just want to see progress and I want them to be playing meaningful football in December. If they could sneak into the playoffs as a seven or six seed, I'd be really happy. And I think it'd be tracking ahead of where, um, where Burrow and the Bengals would be at this point in the rebuild. Um, in terms of, uh, who's going to win the division, I'd probably think I'd probably go with the Ravens now. You know, they've had two pretty good loss or losses to two good teams at this point, One of which was a, um, a crazy overtime game against the, uh, they lost the Raiders, right? Yeah, yes.
0: Yes, and no week one. Right, that
1: crazy overtime game and then obviously they got blown out by us. But um, other than that, you know, I think Lamar's been great. Seems like he's uh, he's really elevated his game as a passer and he's been having to put the team on his back with uh with a crippled running uh running game from all those injuries. So um seems like Lamar's become a, a completely different beast. Um, and you know, the defense seems a little bit shoddy with uh with some of the injuries in the in the cornerback room and in the uh um, throughout the whole uh secondary as well. But, you know, I think it seems like Lamar, I'd still have to say, is the best quarterback in the division right now um, and, and will probably be able to lead the team to a division victory.
0: Yeah, so, you know, honing in on that playoff aspect, uh, right now, I, you know, as, if the playoffs were to start today due to a, you know, five-way tiebreaker, the Bengals would actually be the 10th seed, so they'd be on the outside looking in. But the way the AFC is right now, you have Tennessee in the first spot, then Baltimore, the Chargers, the Bills – And those are the division leaders, and I think it's. I think for all intents and purposes, we can say those will end the season as the division leaders um, for for those four spots. And then there's three wild card spots, and currently those spots are the the Raiders and the Steelers have a percentage higher than the Bengals. But then the Patriots win the the five team tiebreaker. Um, You know, let's say we have five playoff spots locked. Uh, the Titans, Ravens, Chargers, Bills, and just we got to give them the benefit of the doubt, the Chiefs. um, between So your competition is the Raiders, Steelers, Patriots, Browns, Broncos, and Colts for two spots. How confident? Hearing that list of teams, where would you put yourself in that pecking order?
1: I mean, kind of, kind of like what you're pointing, the AFC is a, is a whole mess this year. Clearly, there's not a favorite. You would have expected to be the Bills and the Chiefs, but Chiefs, clearly something's missing um, on both offense and defense. And, and the Bills just had a couple pretty, a really bad loss and a really close game to the Dolphins, in which they probably should have blown them out as well. But um, I mean, that just means that the the middle of the pack and the wild card is equally as competitive. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think we'll probably, I think we're Bengals are probably going to finish ahead of the Steelers. Uh, I, I think, you know, not to say that we're going to beat them in a couple of weeks, but um, I, I do think that. And that offense is going to is not going to be able to produce as much to the point where they can probably sneak in. Um, I, I would say that I'm afraid of the Browns. <laughs> I mean, you know this whole absurd dynamic of Baker and Baker being able to play better without OBJ. I guess we're, we're going to see that uh see see that being tested. Yeah, what's real... the
0: deal with that? I know I've been saying that myself, but it's just true at this point. I, I think I win <laughs> I think I win that argument that that Baker's just a bad quarterback because he's worse when he has a better talent around him. Like I just I
1: I do think that it's a little, a little early to say that, at least if you want to at least use today's game as an argument, you know, Baker really didn't have to do much. He played well, but the, his defense and, and Chubb stepped up to sort of fill the gap. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a conversation for the rest of the season, but um, I think that just kind of alludes to where Baker really doesn't have to do much for, for the Browns to be able to win football games. And um, and if he does even play close to where he was playing last year with San's OBJ, then, um, you know, I think you'd probably have to put them towards the top of being, uh, being the favorite for, for trying to snag that last wild card spot. Um, and then, you know, other than that, I'd probably say I'd, I'd keep an eye on the Colts. Went seems like he's turned a corner. Um, you know, he still has some pretty timely bad interceptions, but um, if he can continue to, to cut those down, then, um, you know, I think the Colts in their, their offensive line and their running game has been on an absolute tear recently. We'll, we'll probably be super competitive as well. Um, so you know, I'd probably pe- I'd probably slot us in about third there um, behind those two, but then ahead of the likes of uh, uh, New England and the Steelers, and mostly with New England, it's just uh, uh, you know I know Mac Jones has been playing well, but um, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up and um, and really win some big day game, big games down the stretch. But, you know, I, before he starts to uh, piece a few of those together, then uh, you know I'd probably still take the Bengals over them.
0: Perfect. Uh, I don't really get more thorough than that uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, truly one of their biggest diehard fans. Uh, and, and my very close personal friend, Andre Reddy, taking the time again to talk about, I think, one of the longest suffering franchises in, uh, in all of pro sports. Andre, you know, we're always pulling for the Bengals uh, for the sake of your sanity. But uh, as always, really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, you know, ho- hope the Bengals can pull it out. Uh, but uh, thanks so much, really appreciate it. Thanks, Zach, appreciate you having me on, and thanks for giving me a chance to to rant about this.
1: Uh, I, I don't even know, <laughs> I, I loved, hated, loved, hated team. Uh, I, I know you will understand the feelings too, but I appreciate you having me on, and thanks to VJ for your thoughts as well. We're, we're gonna have to, I think, I'll give you a call and we'll have to talk through some of the points that you made because I think, uh, uh, there are definitely some interesting ones. So, um, thanks.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in for another episode of sports with the Z a big shout out to my family. Everybody who's listening live right now is my family. So very, very supportive family. Love you all. And, uh, tune in, tune in next week. Uh, to be determined what the topic will be. But as always, I'll, I'll always try to cook up something good for you all. Everybody enjoy your Sunday evening and have a great week. Thanks.